think I need, I think I need another cheeseburger. Saudi Arabian Fight for the rights of only men I am a Saudi Arabian Alu Akbar Alu Akbar I like it You were humming that all day? You were humming that all day? I was humming that I was humming that for two days Because what, 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 what happened? What happened, Wesley? Listen so for the benefit of the viewers, you can imagine that three people who co-host a podcast who, you know, had to come up with content regularly. We don't talk. I, I would say we, we throw something up on the chat daily. If not, it's, you know, it kind of comes and goes in spurts every other day. A lot here, a lot there. When something comes across your news blotter, such as report Vince McMahon selling WWE to Saudi Arabian government, that is that, that that rings a lot of bells in our news world. I mean, we That's talked about clear. <laughs> we talked. <laughs> yeah, literally. You could seriously, you could tell me that's as, that is as impactful to me as Russia has launched. Russia has launched. <laughs> Saudi Arabia has paid off Vince McMahon. Holy shit. Where do I hide? Duck and cover. Where's the fallout? <laughs> It's from Newsbreak, too. And we, me and Murr were trying to check the legitimacy of it. Or Alan's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's selling that shit. He's trying to do it. He's got the sex scandal going on. He don't want nothing to do with that anymore. Yeah, he's been trying to get rid Look, they fucking had, what, like a, like, a, like a SummerSlam or something in fucking Saudi Arabia. and It's always was, SummerSlam in Saudi were, Arabia. <laughs> there, was like, there was like a million only fucking dudes there. And fucking it was incredible. The Saudi Arabia, like the, like the prince, the, all of the princes. There's multiple princes. All of them were there. Like it was a big fucking to do. As soon as that happened, they were like, "We're buying that shit." Uh, yeah. So he's been making moves. The whole sex scandal thing, and then Stephanie having to come in. That was a little like, it slowed it down. But he was still selling it. And honestly, who am I to judge? They own my favorite soccer team that you could see my memorabilia of behind me. The McMahon's um, own Newcastle. So, Never knew no, that. The fucking same. The same Saudi Arabian <laughs> government. So. Yeah, yeah. I know they go over there and do like private shows. Like, like Saudi princes will pay specific WWE superstars to go over. Like, even guys that are like retired, they'll have them come over and be like, "Yes, you just pretend that uh, you guys are in a feud, and you, you will fight uh, the the Rock." It's like the Rock hasn't wrestled in over ten years. Well, this weekend he's on the card. And he will be wrestling the Iron Sheik. Like, wh- what? what you- Iron Sheik's dead, right? No, no, no. He's alive. We've kept him in a basement in a freezer. He will come out and do Cobra Clutch. And they're like, how much? Five billion dollars. See you Sunday. <laughs> that's, that's exactly how it works. Ah, uh, cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming you know we'll just knock the dust off the uh, Sheik's cleats, and uh, we'll be we'll be back. We'll get the clutch in no no time. Right. Dude, it's gonna be crazy. Like. We're talking the kind of money that, like, we're not prepared for as wrestling fans. Like, fuck jumping off of Hell in a Cell. Like, fuck jumping off of K- – we're jumping off of helicopters and suplexing dudes. Like, it into fucking gold bars. Like, it's it's <laughs> going to be fun. It's going to be silly. And I'm kind of here for it. I haven't really watched a whole lot of WWE recently because it's honestly trash. Um, but, yeah, fucking I hope it, it's a resurgence. So this is the shakeup that, that it needs. I mean, 
probably not, but fuck it. Let's try something. Let's get that. It's WWE, man. It's not like I feel like if you were like, well, the NFL's Saudi Arabia is now the integrity of the game might change a little bit. Mm-hmm. But well, I got to say integrity of, the integrity of wrestling, I think, has gone out the window quite some time ago. So eh, fuck it. Let's just get entertained. I honestly believe if they handle this properly and the Saudis just are in it for the entertainment, then this could be good. Like Alan said, a lot of money behind it. They don't care if they lose some because they're not in it for the money. They're in it for the entertainment. They love, love this shit. So, Alan, as our expert on um, Saudi Arabian um, sports franchising, do you think that they will put their um, like Sharia law thumbprint on this thing, or do you think they'll just let it roll as is and maybe even get crazier just for the entertainment's sake? They'll let it roll. Like, oh, look, I can tell you what they did with with. The, look, there was a whole to do when they bought the soccer club. I'll break it down for you real short, sure as I can. They tried to buy us, and for a year, the Premier League was like, "Oh no." We think we got some questions about your ownership because 80% of the club is going to be owned by the for the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, a.k.a. the government. And fucking the other 20% is going to be owned by, like, some lady and her husband who happens to be Saudi Arabian and, like, two Jewish fucking property brothers in England, and that's about it, right? And so the league was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This, is, this seems a little fucking sketchy. And then... They did some backdoor deals over with Qatar and fucking the the TV rights to some stuff and stopped pirating Premier League streams. And Premier League was like, well, I think your money's green. Uh, and so they <laughs> let them on in. And so they let them on in and they bought my lovely club. And they've done things slowly but surely, but have put money into it. And they're going, they're going to fucking be smart about it. They left the product what it is. They, uh, I think the club as a product was was ripe for for selling and marketing it's got a huge fucking fan base uh a very loyal fan base and they invested in the club to get it winning and up there on television and raking in dough um and i think that's what they're going to do with wrestling they're going to try to keep it the same they're going to try to get probably good talent in to boost the product because the product like i said is fucking trash right Mm -hmm. now yeah um and yeah, probably just ride it as, and its name as a franchise, but invests wisely in it to make sure it keeps making money for them. Well, see, here's the thing. I, I Unfortunately, I do believe that this is real. I'd love the WWE to stay uh, an American product. That's where it started. It's grassroots. Professional wrestling is, a, is as American as it gets. It's, it's, yeah. it's as American as stand-up comedy. It's as American as fucking sitcom television. I mean, my God, what else could there be? Mm-hmm. So... I'm all, but I, but deep down, I'm wondering, has Vince McMahon finally cracked the Da Vinci Code of owning the news media, knowing that he'll get sensational headlines? If like, this is what I feel like the WWE should have done ever since the Attitude Era is use the news outlets like ESPN and everybody to create storylines. We came up with like five storylines just back and forth on the chat club, like. Seriously, Sergeant Slaughter, would Saudi Arabia be cool with saying, like, no, America's at war with the Middle East again. Bring Sergeant Slaughter in to boost an army of WWE elites to take on the, the Saudi challengers for the company. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Right. And might, let's keep it going. Let's give the give the audience, give our listeners the, the, the tidbits, the highlights of what we went over. Okay. So uh, Sergeant Slaughter builds an army. Uh, Vince McMahon's double dealing between the two. He wants the deal to go through so that he can become wealthy beyond 
his wildest dreams and Shane is fighting against him, but secretly Vince and Shane are on the same team. So they're like war dogs. They're double dealing back and forth. One of them, they're trying to get the deal done, but in the in the effort to get the deal done, they're boosting the ratings so much in the US that they may not have to do the deal at all. Uh, new ownership being the Saudis, they start making the women dress in like uh, hijabs and like less provocative and they're getting booze from the crowd every time they come out. So they could have a huge SummerSlam bikini match, like first one to take the hijab off, like one gets fired, but then get such a pop that they can't send them anywhere. So they have to put them up for the women's championship. Um, you find out that the Iron Sheik, who is now in charge of the Saudi squad, he's actually a capitalist. So deep down, he doesn't want the deal to go through because he wants to work for Vince so he can get a million-dollar paycheck. And then Cody Rhodes finally brings back the American dream instead of the American nightmare. Right. And then they got they 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 put the uh, they put the red robe over the or the you know the red awning, you know, and then they bring everyone down for the contract signing. And right before Vince puts pen to paper. The fucking the yellow and gold, yellow, yellow, red and yellow come through the fucking gates, and then this deal's going down whether you like it or not, old man. Everyone and their mother comes out. Yeah, and Stone Cold is then in charge of a legion of like, uh, like, like uh, Blackwater, uh, like troops. They have nothing to do with either organization. They just want to fuck up both of them. They're like, I don't care. They're for hire, and they'll work for either side. My God, wrestling could enter at least another two years of a golden era just based on these storylines alone. And I'll tell you what, Freddie Prince Jr., maybe you should be listening because they may not be for sale if you were doing such a damn fine job behind the scenes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's hilarious. Is, there's a saying. You know, the, the, there is a saying. It's, it's catch a man a fish. He'll eat for a day. Give some lifelong wrestling fans a little bit of this. They'll give you a, a year's worth of fucking uh, uh, entertainment and storylines. And we did. Look at that. That's at, least, that's at least four pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. You can get through all of that. You can get through four se- four cycles. Look all of that story you just went through. <laughs> and look, I, I don't know much about Roman Reigns because I haven't watched in a long time. But I know he's been the head of the company ever since John Cena kind of like pretty much working retirement or whatever it is see he could get a whole legion of like like the islanders like the whole club the islanders they could be coming in to try to take on you know these other elitists like you forgot about us we once roamed this world Hmm. we we took and conquered everything we saw and we're taking this money back and the wwe (laughs) fuck yeah i'm fucking pumped for something that doesn't even exist this is the wwe in my mind and it's how it should be under the Saudi regime, it's going to be good. Do you think they? Think work. Do you think they do more shows over there? I mean, or do they keep? Oh yeah, them, they're definitely going to bring them over there more. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like every every off season we've had since they bought us, we've spent over there. Now we just be hanging out in the desert. Like that's just what's what they do. It's, Ooh, whole pay per view. All this bullshit we're talking about comes together. Uh the oh oh shit! What was it? Something in the desert. The Fuck it. Damn it. I can't. The deal in the desert. The deal in the desert will be the name of the pay-per-view where it all goes down. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Want you means like, back for this one, brother. I, yeah, I actually. Can, it like a, it's like a money in the bank style thing now that just a deal in the desert. Oh, contract in multiple, the bank. There should be like multiple briefcases. Yeah. So yeah. Fucking something, like something like that. Something fucking wild. Some of them blow up. And they, they got don't it, have the contract. They got <laughs> 
<laughs> they got to dig in the sand to find them. And finally, when they get to the bottom, the Undertaker rises up out of the grave. <laughs> yeah. Chokes him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> and speaking, you, you mentioned the Macho Man. I had that. Yeah, that you hear the oh, do, 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 the Wolfpack theme, and Scott Hall's death was a hoax. He just comes through the. <laughs> he's been a just hoax for, for this deal. just for this deal. A, God, you imagine, for this deal. Can just you imagine the pop if fucking Razor Scott Hall came through? Holy Lord! Yes. Yeah. Zombie Scott Hall would get a huge fucking pop. That's for sure. <sighs> yes, I think so. You can tell what we were talking about this week. Middle class holes, everyone. Murr, Allen, and Foxman. Uh, yeah, it's been a good one. Been a good one. Hey, we um, we want to apologize to our legal counsel up north in the Big Apple. We attempted to do a asking for a friend. Unfortunately, we had technical difficulties. Uh, <clears throat> so we're going to have to readjust. We're going to have to go, as they say in wrestling, on the fly, off script, uh, mm-hmm. if you will. If something bad happens, say a, a winner, someone who was uh, predicted, or not predicted, but someone who was uh, booked to win a match, breaks a leg in the middle of the match. Sometimes you got to adjust on the fly. And we're going to adjust on the fly here at the middle class holes because Alan, with his vast knowledge of everything, I mean, just pretty much anything you can think of, he is our show aficionado, is going to step in as legal counsel in this week's Asking for a Friend. Pause. Let me, let, let me, I don't feel oh. like I'm dressed, I don't feel like I'm dressed right, so give me one second. All right. Here, it, yeah. he's okay. Superman hey, going in the booth. You want to be the part, you got to look the part, and oh, here we go. We're getting, we're getting on our Brooks Brothers uh, <laughs> overcoat here. Oh, now if he has a monocle... I will be more than impressed. Yeah, this is a it, Clark Kent is not is not a news uh, not, not a newspaper writer. He's a fucking lawyer. All right, guys. Let me. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Pop one in here. <laughs> Nothing like a turquoise shirt and a bolo tie. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing screams credibility. This is the guy I wanted my fucking DUI case right here. We'll get, that fluff, <laughs> we'll get that fluffed out. Just make sure. Look, this is court appropriate. This is right? this is the if you can't afford a lawyer, one will be appointed to you, and then Alan comes in like, "Hey, uh, all right, mulled over don't, your case. Don't, don't, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> all right, <laughs> and Barry Glazer special, and he uses phrases like that throughout <laughs> your trial. <laughs> okay, oh, here's all right. Our- let's do it. Here's our modified asking for a friend. These are more national, international, and galactic stories, if you will, Alan. And let's start with space news. Alan, NASA is now worried that China may claim the moon as its own territory and prevent the U.S. from landing there again. Now, uh, the head of NASA, Bill Nelson, said in an interview that we better watch out for China because they're doing all of this under the guise of research, and it's not beyond the realm of possibility that they say, keep out, we're here, this is our territory. Now, they've done that recently here on a galactic, less than galactic stage, uh, the Spartley Islands, they've basically just claimed them, they use them for resources, they won't let anybody land there, and Beijing has claimed ownership of the archipelago and used it for weapon storage facilities and other structures. So, um, can another nation own a foreign galactic body can china in fact claim the moon can they claim a section of the moon is this um is is this an act of galactic war that we need to get the space force ready and prepared for i mean it's definitely an act of galactic war 
and we should definitely get the Space Force prepped for it. Uh, but I, I think at, at the root of it, what you're asking me is the legality. And uh, mm-hmm. I think in the uh, 2002 documentary Star Wars Attack of the Clones, the Galactic Federation ruled that, that you know, land laws only apply on the planet with which they reside. So once they've mm-hmm. left Earth, they can't claim them. The, get started on the fact that it's made of cheese. How do you claim it? That's ridiculous. So no. Absolutely not. Chai's going to stand on here. All right. They matter. They bring the noodles back. You don't got a fucking leg to stand on. <laughs> bring the noodles back. I'm not <laughs> sure I'm aware of that phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a legal term. <laughs> Fair enough. Wes, what do you think? Like, how does this go down if China says you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to come here anymore? I mean, it, 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 I thought all science... And Alan, we'll come back to you on this. Mm-hmm. But I thought all science done in the name of mankind was supposed to be a shared resource. And and it, by shared resource, you mean the moon, right? I mean, um, like if okay, if we're working on let's well, well, we just recently went through a international saga known as the pandemic, and the deal was everybody was working on the same project, and if there was any breakthroughs, they were to be shared with everybody so that everybody could look at each other's research Mm. and figure out the best solution to the project. So if this whole, let's say global warming is the project that we're all trying to work on, it's like, hey, there's a shit ton of materials up here on the moon, we can utilize them to stop using all the resources on Earth and stop all of this greenhouse gas. So does China, is China breaking some sort of international like treaty of some kind because they're thwarting the rest of the world from like a a success to to beat a global problem well international treaty or not and you asked what we'll do we'll do what we've always done we'll go up there and we'll bomb their fucking asses and say the moon's ours and and we we will mock them and we will say to the moon ours (laughs) this is ours get the fuck off here I would say think of it like uh, old timey western law you know what I mean there's a sheriff and he did some stuff every now and then. He threw murderers in jail or, you know, if you could get a hold of him. But a lot of times it was vigilante justice. Did a guy steal your wallet in the saloon? Got to shoot him in the face. Mm-hmm. The sheriff comes by, asks what happens, says, guy stole my wallet, had to shoot him in the face. Done and dusted. So I think that's how you got to think about the moon, right? We just go up there and take it. That's what we'll do. China can't hold it forever. Goddamn filthy, stinky Chinaman stole my moon rocks. So well, I shot him in his face. That's, that's slightly racist, but, you know, either way. <laughs> oh, that's, why, that's why I said it in a mocky tone. Uh, yeah, I uh, mean, uh. I, don't, I don't think we had to go old-timey Western with the racism. But Sorry. I'm here, I'm here for it. Sometimes you've got you to break a few eggs, right? Make uh, Objection. The, the, moon, the moon is not an earthly base. Therefore, there is no race on mm. the moon. Mm. Therefore, all, all, all phraseologies are welcomed. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I thought he was a Martian. Technically, we'd be the extraterrestrials. Exactly. There. So yeah. We'd just be aliens. So, I like. And, and you say, and you say that this is because China's doing this to basically, in their words, they want all the resources. We want what the moon has. We're taking it. Yeah, they've been sending up all these probes, and they've probably they've probably found something. Is kind of what the consensus is, and they're mm. like, we found something. Right about here, kind of like Walt Disney when he went down and started buying all the swampland and uh, in Florida, and everybody's like, "What are you doing with us? Who's buying all this fucking swampland? There ain't shit there. You can't build on it." And it's like, 
Oh, that's just this uh, corporation, uh, mice and stuff. And everybody finally figured it out. And they're like, whoa, that's a valuable resource. And then now everybody wants a piece of it. And China's like, fuck you, stay out. Right. Mm-hmm. Why didn't mm-hmm. they just send a probe to Uranus? They probably could have found something out there. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> like to mine your anus. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, movie thing. Legal ramifications here, and you guys are joking about butt stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we do. Sorry, Leo. Okay, Castle. Alan. On to the world of entertainment. A federal judge rejected Universal Studios' motion to dismiss a lawsuit claiming it misled fans. Movie fans filed a class action lawsuit in January claiming that they were tricked into watching a film. They sued Universal because actress Anna de Armas was in the trailer, but not in the movie. So this judge is allowing the lawsuit to go forward, saying that it's a part of, um, oh, what do you call it, advertising laws. Mm-hmm. And it's saying that they are, um, oh, I got to read the quote from the guys that are suing first. They say, um, they were unable to rely on fame of the actors playing Jack and Ellie to maximize ticket and movie sales and rentals. Therefore, they used Miss DeArmas' fame, radiance, and brilliance to promote the film by including her in scenes in the movie's trailer. So the uh, judge went on to say that um, they need something for their value for the rental purchase. So um, what does this legally, will this move forward beyond this particular judge will movie studios now be held accountable for misleading trailers i think it would be it would be tough i think it would be interesting to watch i think would be it would be uh, something to say so like i think they they got themselves a case uh it's definitely false advertisement have you seen anna de armas mhm look it could be a hallmark movie where uh, a young a young new york struggling actress the, Loses her puppy before Christmas, goes home to her southern town, and links up with her ex-boyfriend, the quarterback of the high school football team. And I would still watch it if it was Anna Darmus. <laughs> so I'm not aware of her. Is, is yeah, she go ahead really and pull her up. <laughs> go ahead and pull her up. But I digress. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. You like kind of you, like a. You like what you see? Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of like a. Hmm. Mm. Kind of, kind of like a more foreign, like Minka Kelly-ish kind of. Yeah, and she maybe. was casted to play Marilyn Monroe recently, and she's a dark-haired lady. But they blonded her up, and good lord. But anyway, again, we digress. Uh, false advertisement definitely says that you know you can't misrepresent. I think it's like the nature characteristics, yada yada. I'm not actually a lawyer. I just play one on television. So. I think that that make that that makes sense here, right? You've misrepresented the character, the the, the characteristics, like the qualities of the film, and I, I'm coming to as a as a as a consumer, and I want to get what I'm paying for, and and then I get in there and I get no anadarms. <laughs> okay, it's probably well, a he, shitty movie anyway. Here, the the crux of the argument seems to be that the the trailer was misleading, but yeah, aren't trailers supposed to be misleading by nature? And what I mean by that is, it's like. If a trailer isn't misleading, then it's giving away plot points of the movie, which mm-hmm. then spoils the film. Um, now, I do agree that putting an actress in the trailer that's not in the movie, I don't even know how that's possible. Like, I just, I, I don't, maybe she was supposed to be in the movie and then she was cut. Uh, or uh, a point that I was uh, going to bring up with our real legal counsel was that maybe she was supposed to be a, 
um, and, and a character that was going to facilitate a future in the franchise. Maybe there was going to be sequels, and her presence was supposed to be seen more affluently in the next set of films. And so, therefore, it may not be misleading if the studio does, in fact, make a follow-up film to this project. So, a couple things. In my research, I don't think there's supposed to be an... I think it's a standalone film. Um, and then the second thing, I think if I, if, if I was trying this case, you know, if this, was, this came across my desk, and I said, yeah, I'll charge you an exorbitant fee per hour to, to get this done for you. I think my argument would be that you're right. So these trailers are supposed to be enticing. And so if Anna de Armas was like in this trailer and sliding a, a spaghetti strap down to elude that there might be titty. <laughs> but you get to the movie and there's no titty. It's edited out. Mm. I think that's okay, right? That's a fine line. Mm-hmm. But when you put Anna Darmus into your trailer and she doesn't spend one single second in the, in the motion picture, then we got ourselves a problem. You fundamentally told me something was there and it's not there. Now, if you alluded to titty and didn't show me titty, fair play to you sir good marketing how how about this 100 percent asking for a friend say a friend of mine in the uh in the early 2000s bought a adult entertainment triple x feature uh with on the cover uh had a photograph of a particular actress that my friend was particularly fond of Come to find out after purchase, the actress only had talking lines, no actual action lines. Does my friend have a case? I would go back to what I just mentioned, and I would say no. I would say no, because they, look, she was in it. Not the way you wanted her to be in it. Yeah. You know, not not in a weird position, not between two dudes, you know, however you wanted it. But she was in it. Yeah. Now, had she been on the cover and not in the film whatsoever, then, yeah, I think we got a case. Okay. That's fair. I mean, the, the box, I'm sure, only said that she would use her mouth. It didn't say how she would use her mouth. It just said co-starring. <laughs> well, stars get penetrated. The co-stars have talking lines. Good thing for my friend it was a double DVD. So the second one that he got for 1999 had some real primo stuff in it. So it wasn't, yeah. he wasn't that bummed out. Yeah, so. It's a bargain buy. Yeah. You know, you got to take the wins when you get them. <laughs> and finally, uh, to wrap up, wrap up our asking for a friend segment here, um, billionaire Larry Ellison. Did you know he owns a Hawaiian island? Mm. I had heard such a thing previously. I did, haven't really thought about it in a long time. Does he, does he, own, <laughs> uh, Lord. Does he own Kimono Wanalea? But <laughs> Well, he's an ex-Silicon billionaire, and he learned the hard way on Tuesday that even if you own the island, you can still get a ticket from a police officer. Now, the interaction was filmed. Uh, The cop said the reason that I stopped you is you ran through the stop sign, and you were kind of speeding there. Now, he did apologize. He wasn't a complete dick about it. He just said he was on his way home to uh, eat dinner with his kids. Now, he also didn't have his driver's license or uh, insurance information on him. So they don't know what the fines are. They don't know what he was ticketed for. They just know that he was stopped, and he was, in fact, given a citation for speeding. But see, here's my question to you, Alan, as our legal counsel. If I'm in my backyard and I'm doing donuts and burnouts in my grass, can I receive a fine for that if I own the property as it exists? So even though there are police officers, because technically it's still America, 
should the owner get cited for something that he did on his own private property? So I guess the question begs, like, so the, your initial question, no. I mean, I guess if you're, like, riding around doing donuts at, like, 1 a.m., you could get a noise violation, right? Who gives mm, that's fair. That's but, fair. But beyond that, I mean, it's your property, so you do what you want. Make as much noise as you please, you know. Well, I mean, obviously, within reason, you can't be killing people just because it's your property, but, you know. So I think it's tricky here because, like, yeah, yeah. I think it's tricky here because, like, <laughs> Was he on his property on his island? I, I get that the whole island is his, right? But, like, other people live on the island, I presume. There's cops, so there's some sort of municipality. Uh, there are taxpayers, I'm assuming, that maybe fund the police department. Now, if he's paying the police department salaries and, like, buying them guns and cars, then that guy's just got doesn't have a job now. That's how that goes. This is this is an open <laughs> shut case. It's an open <laughs> shut case. Innocent. I own everything. That's how it goes. But my my gut tells me he broke a, a municipal law, and my man's probably got to pay a light fine. Look, Judd's not going to throw him in jail. I don't even really got to show up, honestly. That's a good write, point. Write a strongly worded letter and be like, here, let, <laughs> he owns everything. Fuck off. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's good. But maybe just take it easy. Don't break. Don't break municipal laws. Don't speed. Still got to stop at stop signs. And it's for safety. What if you T-bone the young child? It's fucking awful. Mm. Come on, man. Couldn't, he, just, couldn't, even couldn't even T-bone another vehicle. It's a young child. I don't even. That's not necessarily a T-boning. That's just a fucking plowing it's a, it's, a human it's like over. Those, it's like one of those little tykes, red cars, plastic cars. He was just crossing, crossing the intersection. And this jack wagon, because he owns the fucking island, decided to kill him. Yeah. Hey, buddy, uh, act like you own the road. I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we get it, but, you know, have a little, little coof. He runs the kid over and <laughs> sticks his head out the rolled-down windows. Watch your goddamn kids! I, I was going <laughs> to say, I'll, I'll buy you a new one. Uh, but <laughs> either way. By the way, this should also be a lesson to all millionaires and billionaires out there. I, I don't think that uh, he's hurting for cash, so, like, that... That $200 fine that he's going to have to pay. Yeah, just don't be a complete twat to the cop. Be like, oh, sorry, officer. Uh, oh, you ne- let me shake some coins out of my, gold coins out of my jacket, and we can all be on our way. Like, no problem. Oh, There's I, nothing to worry about. I can't just pay this right here? No, sir, you have to <laughs> show up to court. Really? Really? You know, and that doesn't surprise me. You said he didn't have his license on him, right? Yeah. That doesn't shock me, because, t- like, there are small laws like that, just, just, inconsequential laws that celebrities and millionaires and billionaires I bet you he didn't know. I bet you he was like, wait, I don't I I have to have my, my driver's license on me? Yes, sir. Yeah. What? Like, really? He's like, Is this what happens? He actually called my office and he was like, Did you know that they ask you for ID? And they pulled you I was like, Yes, sir, I'm I'm not a millionaire. Um so he, I didn't know that. Uh, thank you. Well well that was my that was gonna be my other question too is like so you own the island. That'd be like somebody asking you for identification in your yard. Like Sir, I'm gonna need to see some ID. Like this is my house, you this know. Like, good where Google. I live. Good Google, who owns this island? It's me. <laughs> yeah, it's me. It's, it's a picture will be there. That's I what promise. we're. That's what we're gonna do when we have to go to the moon. We're gonna ask the Chinese for their ID. Got ID on you, huh? Got 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 any driver's licenses, passports? I mean, I gotta break character for a second. But do you think that maybe they're like 
setting up Panda Expresses for when other people get up there. <laughs> well, that. Well, but wouldn't we, set up... <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't we be the ones to set up? Wouldn't we be the ones to set up the Panda Expresses? Yeah, that's true. They would set up like, like Sunny Carryout. Which, if I told you that name, what would they sell? You don't know. Could be Chinese. <laughs> Could be fucking tacos. No fucking idea. <laughs> And that, my friends, is asking for a friend. Thank you, yeah, Alan, thanks. for filling in as our uh, stand-up quasi-legal counsel. And uh, you know, uh, my pleasure. Look, I thought about going to law school shortly after graduating, um, and I'm glad that I could bring that expertise to the table. The the thinking about going to law school, I really, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy for the opportunity. I haven't really got to flex my thinking about going to law school muscle mm-hmm. uh, since I thought about it. Um, and this was a good opportunity. I just say, like, just, just small sample size, you'd make a wonderful public defender. I mean, grade C, right? Right. C plus, probably. Look at the hair. Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, like in West Virginia, like a rundown coal town. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, duh. Uh-huh. Just getting possession, fucking possession, controlled substance charges yeah. all day. They <laughs> cleaning that up. <laughs> all right, it's hot as shit. I'm changing again. <laughs> Always has a briefcase with one folder in it. Always. There's nothing in it. <laughs> it's a, I thought I had papers in here. All right. I'll just wing this. That's all right. Tell me about it. Tell me what you got. <laughs> I ran over a kid on my own island. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Uh, were you drinking? Tell me you were drinking. <laughs> that guy. Aren't, that lawyer guy is fucking wild. Were you drinking? Aren't, I always do. All day. I mean... You're talking about probably. <laughs> I think it's good that I was slugging back that beer while I was doing legal counsel. Mm-hmm. Works out nicely. Anyway. All right. Well, it's a new year, and uh, I don't. I always say it's Fun Fact Friday. Then Murr always corrects me, but this year he's got he's got a new calendar. It's called something else. So fucking take it away. Tell us what we're gonna drop knowledge on in 2023. Well, it's still Fun Fact Friday, my friends, and it's still time for five fun facts for you fuckers on a Friday. But now, in the new year, 2023, it's time to floss those brain cells, a little bit of mental floss, with amazing facts. That's right, our Fun Fact Friday calendar is now brought to you officially by Mental Floss, and it's filled with amazing facts, brought to you, of course, by our friends at the Shin Splints Recovery Group. We can't escape those sons of bitches, so if you got any pain below that knee and above that ankle, find yourself the Shin Splints Recovery Group on Facebook. Let's hear them. Five amazing facts! Did you know, in 1989, a man bought a torn painting of a countryside for its frame at a flea market in Pennsylvania for $4. He discarded the picture and found behind it a folded-up Declaration of Independence, which was one of an estimated 200 original copies from 1776. Of those originals, only 26 remain. The man sold his historic find for $2.42 million. That's it. That's it. I know. One of 200? You should get a lot. Yeah. Well, I can already tell that the theme of these amazing facts, unlike the previous years, where it's going to be, did you know... 
zebras duh, 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 were something Alan probably saw in Nat Geo. Now these are like, did you know a guy in 1989 bought a painting? And in that frame, he found, no, we're not going to know any of this stuff, which is it's, fine. It, yeah, That's it's definitely going to be like, did you know the longest poop was the college girl in Michigan? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. No, that's, I, I did not know that. I had to I had to wonder if he saw, like, because he discarded the, the painting. So obviously he saw value in the frame. Obviously this guy knew uh, a good frame when he saw one I was like, damn, that, that's, I mean, that's, that, that, that's a skill. I'm telling frame. you, my, my, my parents did that a lot. They, they, okay. they, my parents were like that, that is a fucking beautiful frame. If I could get something to fit, fit that, I would, I would buy it. Especially like antique shopping and things like that. You kind of catch an eye for things like that. Uh, but you know, did he have a knack that one of 200 and you said it, it was, it, it wasn't like, like a, depl- yeah. a declaration of independence replica was what? It was a no, it was like so back then of course you you know, you wrote shit with fucking feather and fucking parchment. Yeah. And like they made two hundred copies. And then only twenty six remain. This is one of the twenty six. So which Damn. which Alan's right, that's it. Two point four million dollars. What's I mean, what's inflation shit, on two point four million from nineteen eighty nine? Let me see uh, inflation. I'm gonna say it's yeah, double. It's I'm gonna say like four or five. Not as much as I thought. Especially for a document that changed the landscape of human civilization for the last 250 years. Uh, how much was it? How much did he sell it for? 2.42 million. I'm going to say 6 million today's money. That's right. That's it. Which is still a hell of a fine. Don't get me wrong. But I do wonder who painted the painting, though. Because uh, I know. It was- Two point four two million would be five point seven nine million, almost. So you missed it. Hit it on the head there, Andrew. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I've done the math on uh, inflation a lot because my dad's always like, "Well, you're making about what I was making at your age." I was like, "Yeah, but it was worth twice as much." Oh, dude, <laughs> I had that conversation with my parents, and I was like, "You idiots! <laughs> you had it so good. <laughs> <laughs> they really, really did." No, well, my, my my question is so the. Person who owned the painting, who then hid the Declaration of Independence, had to probably be someone of prominence. Because even if there was originally two hundred, and let's say this person had one of two hundred, not one of twenty-six, they still had to be one of the two hundred more important individuals living in the colonies at the time. So that painting was probably worth more than the Declaration that he found behind it. If you really want to break down brass tacks on that, so mm. yeah. I guess the the point is is if you find a Declaration of Independence behind a thrift store painting, maybe take it to like Zaxby's or somewhere first before you go and sell it for probably I don't know I'm gonna say one twentieth of its actual value, for God's sake. There's a guy who owns an island in Hawaii. He'd probably give you four million for it. <laughs> mm. All right, so this is cool. So uh, yeah. After the adoption of the Declaration of Independence, the Committee of Five, uh, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Ben Franklin, Roger Sherman, and Robert Livingston, were charged with the overseeing with overseeing the reproduction of the approved text. Uh, some fucking Philadelphia printer printed a shit ton of copies, and they were sent to the 13 colonies, uh, to newspapers, local officials, and commanders of the Continental Troops. Uh, the rare documents are known as Dunlap's Broadsides, and they predate engrossed version wait predate the engrossed version signed by the delegates so they they were made while they were still like hashing out all the fucking details before Mm -hmm. they signed it so it was just like it was more of a ceremonial and like a news thing that like we're going to declare independence from england 
Like <laughs> we're going to tell the British to go fuck themselves yeah. in a couple days. Uh, yeah. So of the hundreds, only 26 copies survive. Most held in museums uh, and library collections. Three are privately owned. And when it reached, when news of the Declaration of, of Independence reached New York uh, on July 9th, there was a riot because the harbor was full of British ships and shit popped the fuck off. Damn. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, nice America. That's what they th- <clears throat> and they probably said it like that back then. Like, wow, shit's about to pop off here. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> ben Franklin walked out. He was like, "Tell old chaps, I think shit is about to pop off <laughs> in the harbor." They still had British the accents. Harbor. They were basically <laughs> yeah, but he was like Bostonian. So in the harbor, yeah. <laughs> and then then a Russian guy comes out. Did someone Could say pop off? If all of like our founding fathers sounded like that. <sighs> God. That makes me sad as fuck. Like Boston. That makes me hate this country a little bit. Because <laughs> I really hate that fucking accent. <laughs> Did you know, while Americans are superstitious about Friday the 13th, Greeks are traditionally wary of Tuesdays and, more specifically, Tuesday the 13th. The rationale for the superstition goes all the way back to Tuesday, April 13th, 1204, when uh, Constantinople fell... To the Crusaders. Mm, damn. Well, if I know anything about uh, rap music, the Hot Boys always say that Tuesday and Thursdays are the hottest days of the week. So mm. <clears throat> you don't fuck with Tuesdays and Thursdays in New Orleans. So uh, not sure well, if there's any uh, historical parallels with that. I doubt it, but you know, it's worth mentioning. But I also know that Friday the 13th was the day that uh, the most of the Knights Templar were fucking like slaughtered in the streets. Which is why that's an unlucky day. What day? Friday. I don't. I don't know the exact date, but Friday the thirteenth. It was a Friday the thirteenth, and uh, that's when they basically were like, "Hey guys, we want to celebrate you and what you've done for everyone." Just kidding. We're gonna chop all your fucking heads off and throw you in prison until you die. <laughs> well, I mean, that one was was a whole lot of like, "Oh, you don't believe in Jesus? Time to burn." Fucking like. <laughs> <laughs> eh, wars, wars back then were really petty, yeah. if you think about it. <laughs> and then it, it, when someone said no and they said, you're going to burn, you, you know what happened? Someone was like, hmm, shit's about to pop off here. Shit's about to pop off. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody get to the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you know, if you love to preach Bob Ross's Happy Little Trees gospel and live the breath of joys of painting. Which, Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm starting to not like Mental Floss's amazing facts already. Um, which premiered on PBS 40 years ago today. Then perhaps becoming a certified Ross instructor is in your future. According to the official website, no previous painting or teaching experience is needed. To be a Bob Ross what mimic teacher? Yes. Instructor. Um, instructor. Now, I've watched a very extensive documentary on Bob Ross's uh, life. Now, Bob Ross learned the art of the uh, the the wet the wet canvas painting from some weird German guy who was not very personable. And so, what happened was Bob Ross was like, "Hey, I can I learned this shit pretty quick. I can go around to different malls across America and teach people to do this shit too." And that's what he did. And then everybody was like, man, you're really good at this. We should put you on local television. And the rest is history. So there is still a Bob Ross school of artistry where you can go and you can learn to do the uh, wet-on-wet oil painting. And then you can go around to lo- local 
VFWs and show old ladies how to fucking do it themselves. Jesus. You know who's a certified who's a certified instructor? David Arquette. Wow. Really? Yeah. Former w- not surprising. Former WCW no, no, world no. champion, I'll have you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh you know what's interesting? I'm looking at this picture of Bob Ross. I mean, it's majestic. Um, but more importantly, the brush that he has in his hand is like one you would use to like do trim around your house if you were <laughs> repainting like a living room. And I don't understand how he made such fine, delicate strokes with such a gigantic fucking paintbrush. Like in every other picture I see him, he's holding the same paintbrush. Like he didn't Look, use I, like a tiny one for details. He just did it. He's talented. Wes, this is how I know he's I'm talented. onto something because I I I have original originally I was arguing with your brother about the um the status of Bob Ross as an American artist. And in more recent years, he seems to have really kind of like uh, mellowed to the fact that Bob Ross will in fact in the next century, be known as one of the great American artists. Well, I, I hope so, because uh, in two days, it's his birthday. And spoiler alert, I got him a Bob Ross Chia head for his birthday. So, uh, Fucking right. So we're, Dude, we're, we're, this is a vibe. I'm, I think I'm going to get myself aviators as eyeglasses. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were going to be a Bob Ross instructor. I didn't know you were. Oh, well, yes, <laughs> I will do it. If you look, let's talk about it. I yeah. think I should do it as a bit, um, but yeah, I'm look. Look, this pic, I'm just looking at this picture. Can I? Uh, uh, oh, can I even share a screen? Look, I, I think don't even you got to ask yeah, anymore. Look at how advanced to ask. We we've look upgraded at how here. We are. 2023. Look, look at how majestic this fucking man is. Look <clears> at the gold chain and the medallion in the fucking hamburger meat. Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> you know the Canadian. You know there's jeans on the bottom. That's a Canadian tuxedo. Goddamn it! <laughs> like. Everything uh, about this. I'm going to say this, and this is because in Dewey's biases have to revolve around the fact that he grew up in the household with a, I will consider my dad an artist. Now, did he sell artwork? No, but he went to art school. He made a career out of, <clears throat> you know, at least the first part of his career, art, then moved on to graphic design, but still had an, appreci- he still had an, an appreciation for it. And we used to watch Bob Ross on occasion in the household if it was on in some lazy afternoon. And my father had the same rant every time. He's like, look, he's going to build a really fucking great background. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be good. And then the middle ground is going to be all right. And then he's going to fuck it up with these trees. He's going to fuck the whole fucking painting up. He's a fucking idiot. Why do they televise this fuck? And, you know, as a, as a 10-year-old, that sinks in. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to agree with you. I mean, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got really, really inebriated one weekend <laughs> and decided that I was going to do the. Uh, I was going to follow a Bob Ross episode, and I found one I liked, and I had to pause it like every 15 seconds because that motherfucker's moving at the speed of light when he's painting that shit. Mm. And I gotta say. I did a pretty good job. I was I made a, a goddamn gorgeous mountain. Uh, and then in the morning when I got up, uh, there were thumbprints all over the painting. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I, my wife was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was still wet. Mm. Mother. I was about to go to a flea market and buy a really good frame for this fucking thing. <laughs> we were going to make $2 million on an independent declaration of independence that we were going to find behind it. Uh-huh. Dumbass. 
$5.7 million. Yeah. <laughs> Depending <laughs> upon when you did it. I don't know. Four yeah. years ago. Well, now. We wouldn't do it now. <laughs> did you know rabbit poo tea was reportedly a popular hangover cure in the Wild West? Rabbit, rabbit poop shit tea. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they, they say, listen, right. they say, they, the, the joke is, is with people who eat oysters, like there was a brave man who first cracked open an oyster. And I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. But if you're talking about, you know, bravery on a scale, the, the, the rabbit shit tea man might, might supersede that guy. That might be a little more brave. I guess if you boil it down. Do you, well, wait, do you think that it actually worked as a hangover cure or that guy just felt so fucking stupid for drinking rabbit shit tea that he was like, hey, guys, you got to try this. It really cures the whiskey hangover. I'm telling you right now, you got to put some of this in your mouth because I did. He he doubled down. He didn't. He he was too proud to admit that he ate rabbit shit tea or drank it rather <laughs> and uh, and didn't want to admit that he was wrong on a hangover cure. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm not a historian, but that seems somewhat accurate. I don't know. We're kind of semi-archaeologists as it is. We can make this up. Well, that and rabbit turds look a lot like coffee beans, so I'm wondering if it was maybe started out as a joke and somebody's like, man, this shit really worked. This is good goddamn coffee. Yeah. Hey, you know what Billy, we did? Billy, you got to come over here and try this. We swapped out Jeff's coffee beans with rabbit shit. <laughs> he don't even know. <laughs> this shit is This shit is crazy. Like people, people still do this shit. Apparently, really, yeah. Well, like weird homesteaders and stuff, you know. It's fucking strange. Uh, but I just love this description of the instructions to make tea: put a heaping shovel full of rabbit manure in a burlap bag or porous cloth with the four corners tied together. Put the bag in a five-gallon bucket and fill with water. Allow it to steep in the warm sunshine for a week. Remove the bag and suspend it above the bucket till it stops dripping. Mm. Mm. And you know that week Delicious. was that week was trial and error. They just didn't, you know, there was someone who hit that hit that sweet spot where it's the worst thing I think is you can speed up the process by putting manure directly into the bucket of water and let it sit for three days, stirring daily. Then mm. put some burlap over the top of another empty bucket, making a strainer, and pour it through the cloth to strain out the solids. Yeah, see that's that, that's like it. <laughs> That's like an instant coffee method. You don't want to do that stuff. You want to stick to the real grassroots of, of rabbit shit tea. And you know that someone was like, anything less than a week, still too moist. More than a week, it's like burnt bacon. No good. I love how they just assume that I have a burlap bag around <laughs> and burlap cloth to use as a stray. Like, <laughs> just keep stray burlap around. Well, that and like you know, like you're trying to cure a hangover. You, you don't want to brew in the sun for a week. Yeah, I, I ain't got I ain't got time to deal with burlap. Yeah, I'm hangovers. not thinking about the hangover I'm going to have a week from now. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you, you keep it on prep, stock. You got to prep your batch before a wedding. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know it's coming. Whoo, we got a big wedding coming up in a couple of weeks. We need, we need two two five gallon buckets of poop tea <laughs> for me and the missus. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, did you know quake buttock is a 17th century word for a coward, which I think we should all start adopting immediately. Quake a quake buttock. Yeah. buttock. I'm doing that. Coward. You dirty quake buttock. Get your ass back here. Is it because he's sh his butt's shaking? <laughs> quake. Ooh. Is it because yeah. the I think glute is quaking? That's a, yeah, yeah. yeah that, 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 I think you hit the roots of it, yeah. 
I think it, the cheeks are shaking. And you know what happened? You know what happened? Murr called me. You know, this is fictitious. You said 17th century, right? Yes. 17th century, fictitious, you know, drunk history. Here it is. You quake buttock. I'm like, what'd you call me? And then Alan pops in like, oh, shit's about to pop off. Mm-hmm. Like Get that. to the harbor. Get to the harbor. <laughs> uh, good stuff. And that, my friends, are your amazing facts for your Fun Fact Friday. Well, I think I'm going to enjoy 2023 Amazing Facts. Those, uh, you know, a little here, a little there, but it was pretty good. Um, hey, folks, um, before you go, uh, coming up in a few months, the PGA Tour kicked off last week uh, in Hawaii. It's a great event. Um, and it's just like, it's kind of weird for people who don't follow golf, have to understand that it's like, I don't know, like a 10-month 10 <laughs> 10 month calendar um scott stallings i don't know what his world ranking is but he automatically qualified for this upcoming masters uh, april 6th through the 9th um he uh because he made the fedex uh tour the fedex playoffs last year he automatically qualified for it and in the mail he scott stallings received an invitation except it was the wrong Scott Stallings. It was a Scott Stallings who lives uh, somewhere in South Carolina who coincidentally has the same uh, has a wife with the same name, Jennifer. He was reached out to by Scott Stallings. Says, "Hey man, got your invitation. Uh, this isn't for me." Yada yada. Long story short, there's two Scott Stallings, and the wrong one got the invitation to play in the Masters. Yuck yuck. Your thoughts on uh, the PGA Tour's fuck up? Mm, well, I think that he gets to play no matter what. That's his name. Oh, they yeah. sent him the invitation. If he wants to get out there and uh, put some divots on some greens, then I say it's it's his right. I will say, okay, he's from South Carolina. I don't know if he's from there, but he lives there. And most people in South Carolina typically play a little bit of golf. So, Alan, let's just guess here that this guy's what? If, let's just say a 15, 20 handicap. Yeah. Probably. Okay. We'll, we'll guess that. The average amateur golfer, right? Oh yeah. On Thursday and Friday, the first two rounds of all majors, whatever network is covering it, you can stream it online and you have options. You have you have featured groups, you can watch holes, you can watch different things. You put him in a featured group. I guarantee you people will watch it. Oh yeah. I'm I'm not watching anything but that for the first two days. <laughs> first two rounds? Because he's, he's not making the cut, right? So like I'm watching this motherfucker shoot a buck 45 around Augusta and just, and like, I want the meltdowns. I don't, I want him to like, I like, don't, you're not even on TV, bud. Just fucking just go for it. I'm I'm like, I'm hucking a club. I'm fucking yelling at caddies. Like, you know what I mean? I might like, you might be my caddy. Like it's, it's probably a toss up. It's like you, maybe Dave, you know, well, but I'm just yelling at like one of my homies I, on the golf course while a bunch of professionals like do the greatest thing that's ever been done on a golf course around me. I would say, yeah, as as one of your good friends, Alan, I would strongly recommend you take Dave. <laughs> yeah, almost, I mean that's fair. Almost declined the offer. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely not helped me shoot any better than like a buck ten, buck twenty, <laughs> yeah. at least. Fuck, probably but, worse than that, yeah. honestly. But here's the thing. I, I feel like you guys are being a little short-sighted because this is like the – like, look, there's a movie coming out that we all want to see, and that's Cocaine Bear. It doesn't take much to, to, to plant the seed for a movie script to happen. So the wrong Stallings gets fucking invited to play in a PGA event, and it, you accept the offer. 
And then, and then, like you just said, like, hey, who's this Starling guy? That doesn't look like the Starling I know. Like, no, that's just, he's a, he's a homemaker from South Carolina, and he got the wrong letter, and he accepted. <clears throat> and here he is today, folks. And then, like you said, Alan, maybe he doesn't make the cut. Maybe, maybe he has the round of his life for two days. And he does. But it's like the Rocky story. He doesn't make it, but he, everybody's like, wow, people's hero. You go for that alone. The possibility of a movie coming out in 10 to 12 years where you can collect on like 2% royalties. Mm, I don't know. I think as an amateur golfer myself, if I saw an amateur golfer like accidentally get an invite and then he like serendipitously fucking goes and gets to play Augusta and then he makes the cut and like is in the mix, I would hate that guy more. Yeah. Like I want him to go and just eat pimento cheeses and like... Like, get other fucking autographs, like, while he's playing a competitive round yeah. of golf. Like, That's fair. And then shoot his body weight. Yeah. And go, over go the and, course of two days. Go and party with John Daly on one of the nights and then eat rat shit fucking tea yeah, uh, to, yeah. to cure the hangover. Like, Listen. day two, he needs to take a cart because he's too hungover. Yeah. But he's still in the mix. <laughs> Here's it. Mariah can guarantee, like... These made for these movies like this, like the one that came to mind is Cool Runnings. Now, I know they fabricated some things, I know they tinkered with some things, but more or less, that's what those guys did. They were in the for you know, no pun intended, running to make the metal round, uh, and then their their cart malfunctioned. You couldn't make you, you would have to lie so bad if it was some fucking Rocky movie. If a 10 handicapper showed up and played the first two rounds, that motherfucker, 10 handicappers not sniffing. Double digits. That, that's how hard these fucking courses are. Now, I know oh, yeah. you love a good fucking Doug Flutie, Rocky, fucking eugenics fucking story, but it's <laughs> not blade. happening. I'm sorry. I'm fucking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bursting that bubble. I'm fucking shooting a torpedo through that sail yeah. right now. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, at the very least, as an amateur golfer who would probably never get to play, like, Augusta, like, not on, like, championship, like, you know, cuts where they're out there and they've, They've got, like, some guy with a magnifying glass fucking, like, snipping off the tips of blades of grass. Right. Like, you'd never get to play the course in that condition. It's a great point. And so just to be able to, to do that, I would just take up the offer. So I got I got two. Okay. Uh, there is, this is more of a question for Alan, but, Murray, you can chime in. There was a question posed last Masters that said, you, how, okay, you can play any hole from any distance. How far out? or close to the hole do you need to be to compete? Like 120 <laughs> yards, 130 yards at the Masters? Like every hole, every, I get to be that far away yeah, from it? Yeah. Like 100 yards, 100, uh, 100 to 120. I, I was, I was going to say the same thing because Jimmy was like, what, a fucking 120? I was like, dude, those fucking greens are so fucking slick. So I mean, if I don't, if I don't pick it clean, tiny. that fucker's going far. Um, now, here's the other one. And, Murray, you can uh, – I thought this would be entertaining. I pitched this to Alan. A great YouTube channel would be a 10 handicapper plays all the major courses the day before just to show Mm. common Joe's like, Hey, look, I'm a good golfer. I shoot low eighties regularly. This is how fucking hard this is. Would you watch that? No, that. Yeah. Yeah. I check it out. I, yeah. Cause I mean, I, I find myself like watching like golf videos, like where, you know, guys that are, are playing really tough courses and they find themselves in the woods and are like, all right, I think I can squeeze it between these trees. Yeah. I just, just to see if they can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the world. Uh, 
Yeah. You know what's even better is when you get me and Wes out of there and we put one behind a tree and it's like, I can bend this around there. <laughs> we cannot. It's a one in 60 Some, shot. Sometimes. It's, yeah. a, it's about a one in 50, one in 60 shot. And I tell you what, I'm feeling it right now. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Here we go. <laughs> Look out. Oh, shit. Hey, that, folks, is before you go. So hopefully we'll see. I think they're going to get him tickets, him and his wife. I think that's supposed to be well, the. Well, that's good. They yeah, should do that. They, absolutely. 100%. Um, he said he was going to actually had tickets to the practice round, which, cause you have to win a raffle to go. Yeah, you, you can't just go up and buy tickets. Yeah. It's a lottery. Yeah. So, uh, well, congratulations on this stupid mistake that you made, uh, Mr. Stallings. Alan, tell the kiddos and the kidettes where you can find the middle class holes. You can find us on the internets at all of your favorite locations for wasting time at work. We are at MDL Class Holes on Instagram and Twitter. We're the Middle Class Holes on Facebook and TikTok. And we, for your listening pleasures, can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts as the Middle Class Holes. Check us out. Listen to us. Subscribe. Uh, <clears throat> this week, uh, I have I and I bunched all these together on uh, on on our on our drive. These are comment uh, listener comments. Uh, and this week is just Tate hate. Nothing but hate I believe of our Andrew Tate videos that we posted on all of our social media platforms. I think I kind of knew it. And you I learn mean, something about yourself every day. And you know what I learned from this posting all this shit? I'm going to have to get thicker skin if we fucking make it. I'm just going to have to have. Oh, yeah, dude. You can't handle it. <laughs> you, gonna, yeah. uh, you are not built for this. <laughs> yeah, I do worry about you because I spent 15 years on the radio and I, I you know, at first it hurts and then, you know, it still hurts every now and again, like after a decade. But then, you know, you just like, ow, fuck them. Who cares? Because then you end up with that guy that we were going back and forth with on Instagram. You're like, you're never going to reach them. Yeah. They don't care. They yeah. don't want to. They don't know if they want to win the argument. They just want to argue. They just yeah, that's all they're there for. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we're gonna go over a few of these. Uh, the first one, and I, I had a whole spiel about this, and then this person sheathed their sword and followed us on TikTok after nice. after I went back and forth a few times. Good, it's A T A R I S O one. It's a Taris O one. It says, uh, it's crazy how people contradict themselves. Quote, I don't know anything about Andrew Tate, but I know he's a piece of shit. Hear, hear me out on this. Neither one of you said that. Yeah. Alan, you said, I don't know anything about Andrew Tate. Then Merle, later on, you said, he's, he's, inter- he's a piece of shit, but he's an entertaining piece of shit. He merged yeah. those two quotes. Then he quadrupled down about not being wrong. And finally, I was like, dude, you just misquoted him. Just fucking admit it. Yeah, he did never admitted it, but then he was like, "Hey, I looked through some of your videos, and uh, you guys are pretty funny. I'll follow you." So, Thanks, man. Look. <laughs> we don't like false male bravado, but we're we're just regular guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. fine. <clears throat> so, we got a lot of common, I'm sure, except Andrew Tate. Uh, Blickety Blow, a uh, regular listener and has been uh, mentioned in this uh, segment a few times, says this is like 2016 and watching all the racists admitted online. <laughs> That was also true. It was, yeah. uh, you know, uh, that was a fun experiment. I, we should do it more often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is, I don't, this is that Baokai, B-O-U-K-A-I, unless it's some like sort of weird like Bukaki type thing. Uh, me being someone, so there's three people in this who respond to each other. This person started off by saying, me being someone who likes him in my life has gotten better. 
uh, has gotten nothing. Excuse me. There's no the grammar is terrible on this. Has gotten nothing but better since I discovered him. If you don't know much about him, y'all should look into him more. He's done good. My only question is, why is he such a piece of shit? Then someone came in that said, I don't steal monkeys. The name is I don't steal monkeys. Uh, if you're an older boy or young man, you really need to stop watching that shit or warp your perception of masculinity uh, and make you insufferable. Then Cosmic Voyager comes in and says, <laughs> by being a man and not a, quote, weak loser, W-E-E-K, weak <laughs> loser, I'd rather be a masculine man. Yeah, I don't like losing weeks either. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, losing seven days at a time. Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a long time. Uh on the YouTube short, uh, I don't even. It's like El Captain Morgan five five six says Andrew Tate is the hero we need. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's good for you, I guess. Oh um, man, Andrew fucking Tate, what an enigma! Like, okay, listen, when I say he's a piece of shit, like some of the women that were quote unquote working for him, like were literally tattooed with property of Tate. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. I mean, the type of guy that would require, like, we'll just call them an employee to have their name. Uh, <laughs> permanently branded onto their body i just I, there's a i there's a smell of hint, hint of shittiness about yeah. the personality of the human that right. would require that of someone it's a, it's at the very least uh a stepped in poo level of smell yeah um yeah, yeah. stepped like, in and or drank rat poo and before yeah. some fucking phone jack wagon comes up on here because you know one's gonna be like well they did it voluntarily they got those uh tattoos voluntarily well that might be so but I think any employer or guy or man who was like, I kind of fucks with that. Yeah. Uh, it's still kind of shitty. It's still pretty shitty. Right. Okay, I will use Harvey Weinstein as a uh, an uh, example here. Like, now he didn't he didn't force those women to uh, fuck his disgusting rat poisoned fucking gangrenous penis body, but if they did, eh, most of them won an Oscar. So you don't have to do it, but it might be a requirement inadvertently. So yeah. Harvey Weinstein, certified piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Andrew Tate, similarities. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if that makes you happier. <laughs> and finally, uh, Murray, you're going to like this one. Uh, simply tagged Joe. That's it. How he got that name in YouTube must have been must have the signed first, up in two thousand first fucking YouTube user two thousand five ran his mouth too much. Top G can back up his words. Can you? Yes. No, I cannot. I cannot. I cannot back up my intellectual properties with physical force. You are correct, sir. <laughs> right. uh, I feel good. I feel good about it myself. Uh, and if you got to call yourself Top G, I think you're not a Top G. <laughs> <laughs> no, he called. He called Tate Top G. Oh no, I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, Top and Top G likes being called Top G. If you call another man Top G, you might be a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> you are definitely a bottom lowercase G. <laughs> yeah. so, so, like a t- almost like questionably, it could be a Q. Don't even know. Written in cursive, of course. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I gotta think about this one. Oh my God, man! Yeah, look, I, I, okay. I don't want to get into. I don't want. I do not want to get yeah. into more interesting talk. It's just my God. Come on, guys. Seriously. It was so fun though. Like, and you know, look, some of them, some of them caught on to us. They're like, "Oh, get your clicks." Well, yeah, thanks. You clicked on our shit and you commented. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you. you. Keep following us. We talk about other stuff too. 
Yeah, I know that is the that is the one thing that riles me up, Wes. Like when you start seeing those are the type of comments. Like, yes, we're talking about a relevant piece of news information. That is what this is. And if you find it as interesting as we do, of course we're going to get fucking clicks off of it. You yeah, it. we we were getting beers and a drink before we recorded in person, which happens what twice a year, and it came yeah. across the fucking news blotter. Yeah, we were excited to talk about it. Holy smokes! Just like we were excited. Or, I don't know, moderately excited to hear about the WWE being acquired by Saudi Arabian oil money. Yeah. Probably more excited. Fun, fun fact, <laughs> uh, listeners, when you produce uh, a, a podcast or a radio show weekly, uh, you tend to follow the trends in the news mm-hmm. uh, and touch on them, talk about them, maybe call guys pieces of shit. It happens. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's been, he got released, though, right? I heard that. I think so. I mean... I think you gave really. It was all a big misunderstanding, is what I was told. Oh, well, I don't think it was that. I think it was like, hey, we'll let you out, but don't go nowhere. By the way, <laughs> not much of a top, not much of a top G if you get owned by Greta Thunberg on fucking Twitter. Right. You got burned like three times in a row because he got caught for the pizza boxes and her response. And he was going back and forth with her unprovoked for some reason on Twitter, and she hit him back with like. This is why you recycle your cardboard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the best part about it, uh, like, let me just say is I think strike two wasn't even his retort or like her retort to his retort. Strike two was him taking like a day and a half to come up with that video of him in a smoking jacket with a pizza box in front of him. Like a a fucking like 19 year old was like, you're a piece of shit. And he was like, give me a day. I'll, I'll be back, I'll and then back that's what you. we got out of it, and then he got arrested for it. It was like, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, way, to, way to top G yourself into being a piece of garbage. We we gave you fifteen seconds, and you came back with sleek fucking uh, public prosecutor, public defender, right? I Look, mean, fifteen seconds, and I'm a public defender that gets you fucking put away for something you didn't do. <laughs> you hit a kid, huh? Ooh, all right. <laughs> Crack knuckles here. <laughs> what color was the game? <laughs> oh, we're fucked. We're fucked. So it was a white one? Yeah. We're fucked. And we are fucked if you keep listening to this. Sorry, everyone. Join us next week. Another class holes. Take it easy.